Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Privilege to serve here, amen, like uh, Pastor Sean said, just honored to be able to uh, come and just uh, give our supply, amen. So it doesn't matter, um, you know, in the body as far as what our title is, what our, um, you know, role is as far as in the church or what our label is. Um, we're all sons and daughters of God. We're all called to preach the good news, amen. So, uh, so just so honored for that. Um, as Pastor Sean mentioned, uh, you know, I was pretty much raised in the church as far as, uh, you know, the, uh, the spirit-filled background and Rama Bible Training Center. Parents were actually married there, so Rama Bridal Training Center is the, uh, <laughs> the term for that, uh, as they say. So, uh, you know, direct seed out of that ministry, but, um, you know, all the, the faith messages, um, you know, all those things just were imparted into my life. And um, you know, it's my endeavor to go ahead and just impart those to my kids as, as their father and as, uh, as a biblical father should do. So uh, let's go ahead and pray. Lord God, uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for the ability to honor our fathers, Lord God, uh, knowing that you have uh, set the perfect example as our Heavenly Father. And as we endeavor to be more like you and to um, impart others, impart things into others, impart your truth, um, that we can raise up those people, those, those uh, men and women of God, and uh, thank you for using my lips um, as, your, as your mouthpiece, Father God, as your words, and um, that we would uh, come and learn more about you today, and again, honor our fathers today in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and uh, turn to Matthew um, chapter 7. In verse 7. And uh, as Pastor Sean mentioned, uh, he gave me the task of uh, giving the biblical fatherhood um, really inspiration um, from, from the young father perspective. And so I have two kids, five and seven, soon, soon to be eight, if you ask my oldest, um, and uh, affectionately referred to as Pastor Sean as squirts. So um, I'm currently a, a squirt father, but... Um, but it's, it's been a, a great adventure, um, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, the baby stage and, and uh, changing my last diaper and doing all those things that are kind of milestones, amen, um, <laughs> that we can, uh, you know, just begin to see kind of that, um, that development of them as, as far as young, young kids and young children and, and how we are supposed to continue to uh, impart into them. And so, you know, it's my goal to be able to share the direction God's given me. Um, as, you know, so far into this journey and be able to uh, share what, what the, the Holy Spirit has really led me in as far as this far. And then, um, you know, hopefully that will continue to play out and, and as he grows me, be more and more. But uh, Rick, I'm sure, will correct me as, uh, as my uh, inexperience will, will, uh, will be there. But, uh, but anyways, we can always be led by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets." So, um, in this particular passage, uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit led me to actually speak on just being led and just being um, open to the Holy Spirit. And 
this particular passage, I felt like it was pretty relevant. My son, who's five, um, asks for food a lot. And he is not shy when he asks about food, and he will come boldly um, to me to ask for food. And I have not given him a stone when he asks me for food yet, or given him a serpent, although I've tried to play jokes on him. But, um, but it is something that I truly want to meet his need for. And so uh, he's quick to tell me what he needs. You know, he's hungry. Hey, this is my, my desire. This is what, I, what need I need met. Uh, he may not always need, know how to vocalize what exact solution it is to that need, but I know that he knows that he can come to me and I can help him with that. And he's, he's a, um, very persistent when it comes to getting what he wants. And so <laughs> that is my, my particular goal is to go ahead and help him find what it is that he's looking for, help him find, hey, you know, this is incorrect here as far as, uh, you know, what you're wanting, what, what will... Um, will fill this need as far as your hunger, but I can help him and help guide him into that right uh, way that will help him with that. So, um, so I, le- I start with that because um, we should always be seeking. We should always find or seek what we're looking for, but seek it in earnest, even though we don't always know exactly where we're going with it, what we exactly need to fill that problem. But if we come to the Father, we can get what it is that we need in that time of trouble, as, as Heidi mentioned this morning. So, um, you know, as Pastor Sean mentioned, I grew up as a pastor's kid, and wonderful, you know, time in the Word, time in the church, knowing where it is that, you know, I can go to receive, um, you know, spiritual food and, 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 and be fed, but um, to be honest, I just, I learned Scripture, and that was it a lot of times growing up. We had a uh, Scripture scramble in Children's Church. I don't know if anybody remembers Scripture scramble, but it's, uh, it's a pretty awesome game. It's basically a piece of vinyl with a bunch of little cards on it, note cards, that you can swap. Yes, I get a nod back there. Um, <laughs> and uh, staple of my childhood, I tell you. Um, but you basically rearrange the, the words on the, the vinyl to, to produce your scripture. So for one, you are learning, but we tried to just bank it a race. And it was important to us that we finished in the fastest time. So we would you know, do all sorts of things, use our feet to put it up there and, and do all kinds of stuff. But, um, but it was never really revealed to me, and I never got you know, a particular revelation by doing that. And it was something that I had to continually learn. So, um, so I gained, you know, knowledge through that, but I didn't have wisdom yet. And so uh, I continually was, was gaining that wisdom and, and still am to this day. But um, until, you know, we are challenged in, in our faith, until we get to the point where we have to use that knowledge, you know, it's, it's not going to be fully developed within us. And so wisdom, as far as definition goes, is the knowledge of what is true or right coupled with just judgment as to action, discernment, or insight. So we have to use that as a way to discern what it is that we are facing in our lives, those, those situations that we need to apply that knowledge to our lives. Um, go ahead and do the first um, slide back there, if you wouldn't mind, Jonah. So I came across this. It's a particular triangle. Uh, go back. It's the triangle up there. And uh, so this is as it pertains to education. But it's basically how we uh, will apply and how we can internalize information that we're given. So it goes from you know, least to greatest as we go down. We can you know, get a lecture. We can read. Uh, we can have an audiovisual, which is probably what this is right now. So you're getting 20% of this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but as we go down the list, <laughs> we're teaching others. We're gaining 90% of what it is that we're getting. And it is essentially practicing what it is that we're, we have inside of us. And we're able to then uh, reveal to others what has been revealed to us. So 
that is very important, I think, as far as the operation of the gifts of the Spirit and what it is that we're practicing. Those help us to gain that ability to minister to other people, to go ahead and impart life into them, impart what we've learned through the Holy Spirit, Father, and what he, he wants us to do. Amen. So, um, so Revelation is, is extremely important when it comes to uh, you know, how it is that we're supposed to, to, to help others, to, to give them that revelation that we're getting. Um, so one of the best things that we can do is, is live that out through our kids and to practice really on our kids. Um, they're a captive audience that we have in our house every day, and, and they have a childlike faith that I think just draws it out of us. And I think that they can uh, truly bring us to the point where we are you know, practicing on them, we are, we're helping them in what they want, but uh, we can also use that as we grow in ourselves. Um, case in point um, is when we had our kids um, I had uh, teeth problems growing up, and, and also my eyes weren't the best. Um, when I married my wife, she had great eyes, great teeth, but her skin wasn't quite the best. And <laughs> my skin was a little bit better, so I'm just saying. <laughs> she got two-thirds of the better deal. Um, <laughs> but we prayed over our kids when they were both, uh, we were both pregnant with both of them, and we, we declared over them good teeth, good eyes, and, and good skin. And they both have all three right now. So it's just a small, you know, little example of, of what it is. But our words have so much power, especially when we are, you know, instructing our kids and, and, and leading them into the path of righteousness and showing them where to go. We can really direct their path and set them on the right course that they need. Um, another case in point um, is, is where we can really be sensitive to those things that our kids are, are learning um, and to be to paying attention to those things and to help them in those things. So um, our oldest, Aaliyah, she's almost eight. Uh, we have a neighbor girl who uh, will a lot of times come over and play and uh, doesn't show you know, fruits of you know, necessarily you know, walking in church. We don't believe her family goes to church. But, um, but Aaliyah has a very sensitive heart and she will recognize things that are going on. And she's our oldest, so you know, I think that's probably you know, a pretty common thing, thing for her to have as she's seen us walk in those things. Um, but she came down one day and she said, Mom, Summer wants to get saved. And I'm like, wow, okay. And uh, she said, uh, you know, what, what exactly do I pray? Or, is that right? Okay. So she was, she was wondering what it was that she should, she should do when it comes to um, helping Summer get saved. But she, she didn't quite have all the details, but she came down. She said, you know, how do I do this? So we told her. And Kyla said, well, do you want me to go pray with her? And she said, no, she doesn't want that. She just wants us to help her with that. But she, she took it upon herself to go ahead and do that because she recognized that her, um, her friend wanted, that, wanted to get it from her, not necessarily a parent. And so she learned that so much inside that she was sensitive to the point where she could help her friend out and, uh, and basically pray with her right there. And it was through you know, playing with Barbies and whatever else, but it was such just a, an amazing manifestation of, of realizing what it is that she had been learning. So we still encourage her to this day and you know, we... We want her to continue to foster that. So, uh, so just being sensitive to what it is that's working in your child's life, you know, having that ability to, to help them out in that process, I think is, is uh, really important. So, um, okay. <laughs> I got a lot of notes to go. Um, <laughs> just wanted to touch on the, the definition of revelation. So revelation is something revealed or disclosed, especially a striking disclosure as of something not before realized. Um, let's see. So let's turn in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. 
So Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So one thing that I felt that God wanted me to talk on is, is a couple different kinds of revelation that we can really use um, when it comes to, to helping our kids out when we don't know exactly what to do. And we're at the end of our rope, as they say, um, you know, not sure exactly you know, how to deal with situations. So the first one, I believe, is, is we can get you know, revelation of the scripture. And we can know, you know inside of our hearts, um, inside of our spirit man, okay, this is what God wants. This is exactly how he wants the situation handled. But we don't know the steps to take to get there. Um, so there's work involved. And to get to that point as far as how we, we want to reach that, we always want to be pressing towards those things. We always want to be pushing towards the mark. Just like my son, he's always getting to the point where he wants what he wants. And he's not going to stop until he gets it. And we need to get to that point where we're so uh, hungry and we're so bold for what we want that we're not going to stop until we get there. And that is one thing that we need to continue to have in our lives. Um, in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So when it comes to training, uh, there's a lot of different ways that we can train our kids and we can bring them up in the ways of God. Um, but one thing that God revealed to me um, is that we can always train our kids in the ways of the Lord, but they're always his kids. And we are called to be in their lives for this phase of, of instruction and, and imparting them and setting them on the course. But they are ultimately God's kids, and we need to, to recognize that, that we're not losing them when it comes to, uh, you know, getting them coming to maturity or getting to, you know, the point where, where they should, um, you know, go off on their own for certain things. Um, but we are, we are always helping them out and getting that point, but they are ultimately God's children, just like we are. So training, I believe, is, is one of the maybe least fun things um, when it comes to, to training our kids, our grandkids, uh, any of those things that we are we're doing because it's work. And it takes work to get proficient, to get um, to the point where we you know, can do things um, without you know, having so much baggage along the way. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, when we train up our children, you know, the work of being a parent is, is really apparent. So, uh, the definition is to develop or form the habits, thoughts, or behavior by discipline instruction. It actually says to train an unruly boy. Uh, <laughs> to make proficient by instruction and practice as in some art profession or work. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, training for athletes or, um, you know, them competing in their sports, those types of things, there are hours upon hours of training that goes into these things. And, uh, you know, a lot of times there's such, you know, as we get to a point of proficiency in our lives, there's such a small difference between the very, very top tiers of professional athletes. It's just amazing. You talk about golfers and uh, swimmers and anybody else. Um, case in point, we were actually, I was watching some Olympic trials for swimming the other day for the Olympics coming up, and I get involved in swimming every four years. I don't know if anybody else does, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty exciting. <laughs> but, uh, but they were talking about Michael Phelps, I think one of his 20-some medals or whatever he's got, and there was just one epic race where it was a relay, and they were against, I think, France, and they were just so far behind, like one swimmer length behind. If there's any swimmers in here, you can correct me, but, um, but they were so far away until the very, very end. 
and then they had this one guy who was, you know, basically his last race of his career, and he gets there, and he gets to the point, and he, he basically wins the race at the very end with one one-thousandth of a second to spare between him and the next, next race for the gold medal for everything. That's insane. Like, that's three, three points beyond the decimal. And so <laughs> all that training um, is, is, uh, was paid off right there at that point, and they may not have known it, but all that training comes to fruition at the very end when we don't realize it. So um, let's see. So Romans chapter 8, uh, I want to read on here just a little bit. Verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, I felt like God gave me this scripture as well here, first of all, because um, I'm a little behind in my Bible reading plan. Um, but Holy Spirit is still helping me out, amen. So, um, <laughs> but Romans 8, 38, um, there's a, a Greek word in here, and if you want to put the first one up there, Jonah. I don't know how to pronounce these, so I asked Jonah to go ahead and put these up here. That. Um, <laughs> is essentially, um, so in the Passion Translation commentary, it says, clearly implied in the text is the Greek, Greek word, that the love of God <laughs> gives us a glorious hyper victory, more than it can be described or contained in one word. God's love and grace has made us hyper conquerors and power to be unrivaled, more than a match for any foe. Holy cow! I just I read that and I was like, God, like this is I mean an amazing way that that you know we can learn about this. Um, so. My understanding is H-U-P-E-R is that hyper version of that. So it's, it's emphasized, it is completely um, you know, set apart from the rest of the word because of the fact of how much we can do that. So, um, so that's what is empowered to us to prosper as parents, um, as we are going forth, and you know, not just as fathers, as mothers, as mentors, uh, for whatever children are in our lives that we are to be impacting and, and reaching, um, that we can reach them you know, through that Holy Spirit. Um, so the second one, let's go to Romans chapter 5. In verse 17. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and have the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So, in here again, go ahead and put the second one up, Jonah. So this one refers to the grace that he has given to us. So again, we see that in there as far as the, um, the prefix on this. Uh, let's see here. The commentary on this one says, Paul speaks of God's grace in verse 17 as superabundant, but then add, adds the prefix hooper, making it hyper-grace, which can, which can be translated super-hyper-abundant grace. There's an endless fountain of grace that has been opened for us in Christ. Um, if 
we go on to Romans 8.26. This one says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So I've groaned a few times as being a parent. Um, <laughs> so some of them were not in the Holy Spirit, but, but we, can, we can be heard um, through the Holy Spirit within us. And we can help him, have him help us when it comes to interceding in a way that we don't have any understanding of in the natural. Um, the Greek word that, or, oh, sorry, go ahead, one more. This is the best one of them all. <laughs> Any Greek scholars? No? Okay. Um, super or hyper, or the Greek word can be just best translated super or hyper intercede for us. We can only imagine how many blessings have been poured into our lives because of the hyper intercession of the Holy Spirit for us. So much to this. Um, you know, as we, as we continue to parent and as we continue to do what we, knew, what we know how to do, you know, God's grace will cover us. God's grace is there um, to, to fill up any shortcomings we have. Um, we can really just wrap ourselves up in that grace. And we don't have to dwell on our, on our faults. Um, we're not condemned. Um, you know, we continue to strive more. We continue to press towards the calling. But God has made it so abounding for us to be able to succeed and to continue to instruct our kids. Um, as I touched on before, um, you know, we can be led by the Holy Spirit, and we have the authority to speak into our child's lives. In Psalms chapter 127, um, this is kind of my closing scripture here this morning. Uh, verse 3 says, Behold, the children are heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. So we don't know, you know, exactly where our kids, um, in this case arrows, refers to, you know, the, our kids as we, as we set them forth and we put them on the path to go where it is that they're supposed to land. Uh, we don't know where they're going to land. You know, we can set them forth, you know, right now in my, my journey as our kids, we're still finding our course. We're still finding where it is that we want to go. Um, you know, we're aiming, we're dialing that in, we're doing our due diligence, we're training, um, you know, but we can help our kids, we can prepare them as best as we can. So in the case of an arrow, um, you know, what do we do when we start to go, go hunting? We, we inspect things, we evaluate where it is that we are, um, you know, we, we assess our arrows, we assess, um, you know, the length of them, we assess if there's anything that's, that's holding them back, um, whether it be weights, um, whether it be something that's a foreign, foreign object, something on those and, and we're assessing and we're constantly evaluating where it is that we, we want to change things for the future. So we need to, to do these things when it comes to our kids. So five things I feel like um, that God told me that we can do when it comes to our kids is we can care for them. Uh, we can eliminate any unnecessary weight. We can sharpen them. We'll adjust after their mistakes. And then we can set them in their course. So it's constantly going to be changing. Um, you know, as, as, you know, we, we learn, you know, we're never not parents. Amen. You know, our kids are always with us. We're always instructing them. We're continually helping them out in their lives, but we can always, uh, continue to reevaluate and, and reassess where it is that we need to, to change things and then set them in their course again. Um, 
Finally, um, actually, I have one more scripture, sorry. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, I just felt like I, I needed to close with this, and probably because the Holy Spirit was ministering to me, and um, love is definitely the one thing I feel like I can continue to, to improve on and, uh, and help our, our kids as, as we grow and as we um, continue to, to grow as a family and, and, and develop you know, them, but um, my wife is a great example of love in our house, and uh, she will always, you know, be the patient one and the kind one, and and uh, has has words that are soft and nurturing, and, and I generally try to, to, um, uh, that, okay, that works, uh, what's, uh, yeah, we'll go with that, yeah, to, to not be nurturing, the opposite of that, um, but, uh, but it's, you know, and I've heard so many times, you know, it's not what you say, but how you say it. So that's one thing that uh, I need to, to learn more of. So I feel like God said love is what your kids will remember. Um, when it comes to uh, any of our instruction to them, any of our discipline, anything that's uh, needing correction, um, that's one thing that we should always do. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 says, Fathers, and this is the Passion Translation, don't exasperate your children, but raise them up with loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of our Lord. So we can, we can bring revelation to our kids by loving them. So continue to keep that forefront. Um, another thing is, um, somebody once told me, the voice that your kids hear now is the voice that they will hear through the Holy Spirit later in their lives. So whatever it is that you're teaching them, whatever it is that, that you're, you're helping them with, um, that voice, that, that, um, that tone, that cadence, um, that is the Holy Spirit ministering to them later on in their lives. So as they pass that on to their kids, as they teach others, um, remember that your voice is going forth and is producing things, is producing power, is producing life. All those things that, that come about in their lives um, is through your voice. And so be, you know, mothers as well, anybody who is in authority, you have that voice in your kids' lives. Um, I want to go ahead and close uh, with a couple pictures here. Um, go ahead with the first one there, Jonah. Um, this was an example that I felt was really, really good. Um, a father was teaching his kids one day, and he talked about the words that they were, they were um, telling to, I think it was their siblings, um, maybe fighting or something like that. But um, they said, every time you speak a harsh word to your friend or your brother or sister, it's like driving a nail into a piece of wood. And, you know, that nail has a lasting impact. It hurts. It's, it creates a hole, basically, in their life. So you can always go ahead and you can go back to them. You can repent. You can ask for forgiveness for them. You can pull that nail out. But what happens is once you pull the nail out, go ahead is it's going to leave a hole. And that hole is something that, you know, you can fill in, but it's, it's always going to be there. And so we need to be aware of how our words are impacting others. Uh, lead with love, you know, between faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. So be the kind of father that your kids, um, gives your kids a glimpse into what your heavenly father truly is and how he loves you. Amen. That was mine. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Tim. Glory to God. I'm not sure if Pastor Sean says I was seasoned because there's more salt in my hair than, than there used to be or, or what. 
But um, yeah, today's Father's Day. Uh, today's a different Father's Day for me than others in the past, so if I leak a little, forgive me, okay? Um, so one of the things that uh, the Lord had impressed upon me on Father's Day is looking at Proverbs. And I was kind of surprised, because I've read Proverbs, and I've read Proverbs, you know, it used to be that 31-day adventure, you read Proverbs every day and whatnot. But one of the things I began to understand is that Proverbs were written to dads. Father, teach your son. Father, so many of those things mentioned dads. So I was looking at this, and, and as I was looking, I was just praying, Father, what, what do I do with this? What, where does this go? Because this morning I had four pages of notes, and today I got one for Father's Day. So, so or this time I have that one. But um, let's see what the Lord has for us. Father, I just give you praise. I thank you, Father God, for your word that goes forth. I thank you for Tim. I thank you for that. Young father, Father, I thank you for him and what he's doing for his wife and his kids, Lord. And I thank you for the word he brought forth today. I give you praise. I thank you for your anointing that is upon me at this time right now. Father, I thank you for the anointing upon the hearer as well as the speaker. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in Proverbs 1.1, 1, 1, it says, The Proverbs are truths obscurely expressed maxims and parables of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Psalm 13.1 says, a wise son heeds and is the fruit of his father's instruction and correction. But a scoffer listens not to rebuke. It says, a fool despises his father's instruction and correction, but he who regards reproof acquires prudence. You know, one of the things that Tim was talking about, uh, you know, training up your child I've, um, my daughter used to sing a song for me, my father's hands, you know. They were soft and gentle when I was good, but they could be hard as steel, you know. And I'm kind of in that day, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we don't have to have a steel hand if we've got the word of God in our hearts. Because we're supposed to instruct them with this as it comes out of our mouth. I love what Tim said, is these things that the spirit, the words that they're going to hear, the Holy Spirit's going to use our voices. So what was our voices saying? Were they harsh? Or were they loving? Um, it says that a righteous man walks in his integrity Blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable are his children after him. See, we're supposed to set an example. I loved his, his uh, triangle up there. It was awesome because I remember it says they hear, what, 5% of what you say, they remember 15% of what you do, and 80% of what, or what you say, 80% of what you do because they're watching. And not just kids. The people around you are watching. That's one of the things about being a Christian. See, we represent our Father. And I know in leadership a couple months, a couple, yeah, a couple weeks ago when I was teaching, I said, you know, sometimes I really don't like to wear the Jesus pin or shirts with, with uh, logos or have a car that has a Jesus bumper sticker because like the other day I'm driving down the road and I cut a guy off. And so, was, you know, I just lost him in the rearview mirror and I cut him off. And what does he see? Oh, yeah, there's one of those Jesus guys right there, yeah, you know. And 
So my testimony, I want my testimony to be of my loving father, of a father who is aware, who's patient, who's kind. I don't cut people off. I would get mad when people cut me off sometimes. Um, <laughs> but so I was looking at these Proverbs, and all these Proverbs, and, you know, you could go through 1 through 31, and all these things are telling us to beware, beware, be happy in the Lord, be attentive, be um, Always be looking for the righteousness of God. It always is. Every one of those things says, look for what is good. And we're to be that example for our kids. Jesus was our example of the Father here on earth. And he gave himself for us. As fathers, we're to give ourselves for our kids. And my dad, um, th this is the thing, this is the thing about how things change. And, and, uh, it, it just kind of amazes me that we've allowed it to happen. But when my dad was around, he worked two jobs so my mom could stay at home and be with us. But he always made sure he made time for us when he was home. But he did that so that somebody was home. He sacrificed for that, for me and for my sister. And he made sure... He wasn't a guy that says, I love you. Uh, be honest with you, I don't know that I ever heard that come out of his mouth. I saw it in his actions. So I was secure in the love he had for me in his actions more than in his words. But he did that. And nowadays, we've got our lives so much that mom goes this way to work, dad goes that way to work, and the kids are home, and, or they're with a sitter or somebody else is raising them because we've decided that there are things out here we need to do we bought the lie, and we let somebody else raise our kids. And then we wonder whose voice they're going to hear in those days to come. Our voices are so strong. We need to understand that. It says that a righteous man walks in his integrity, blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable are his children after him. We are to be, we're to have integrity. That's part of what we're supposed to have. We're supposed to walk with integrity. We're supposed to show integrity to our kids. We're supposed to show integrity to the world. Because again, we're representing our father. Our kids are representing us. How do they do that? This is how I saw dad walk. This is how I saw Jesus walk. Jesus said in John 17, 1, this is part of his high priestly prayer. He says, when Jesus had spoken these things, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify and exalt and honor and magnify your son so that your son may glorify and extol and honor and magnify you. How do we extol and honor and magnify our fathers? How do we teach our kids to do that? You can't beat it into them. I tried. <laughs> no, it, they, we lead by example. We lead by, by letting them know we love them. We lead by showing them we love them. Now, I'm going to get into some kind of dry stuff here in just a minute. Would you show that meme, uh, Josh? Father said to his son, be careful where you walk. The son said, be careful. You be careful. I walk in your footsteps. Our kids follow in our footsteps. 
Here's some stats. According to LifeWay Research Group, Father's Day is a holiday with the single lowest average church attendance. Kind of amazed by the number that are here, but overall, it is. Statistically lower than Labor Day, Memorial Day, and even the 4th of July. It's interesting, especially when you consider that Mother's Day tends to be the day of the third highest church attendance after Easter and Christmas. <laughs> so Mother's Day is one of the most highly attended Sundays of the year, and Father's Day is one of the lowest. What does that tell us? Down here it says, the factors and statistics aside, it's striking to see the research, the impact of a dad's faith and practice on their families. And I'm going to be reading some stuff, so just bear with me. Um, according to data collected by Promise Keepers and the Baptist Press, if a father does not go to church, even if his wife does, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. If a father does go regularly, regardless of what the mother does, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will attend church as adults. Don't ever let you, anybody tell you, Dad, that you're not important. If a father attends church irregularly, between half and two-thirds of their kids will attend church with some regularity as adults. If a mother does not go to church but a father does, a minimum of two-thirds of their children will end up attending church. In contrast, if a father does not go to church, but the mother does, on average, two-thirds of their children will not attend church. Have you ever noticed the cartoons? Have you ever noticed the sitcoms? I haven't watched any in quite a while, but I mean, what's the dad? He's a buffoon. He's an idiot. And you know the sad thing is? Some of us looked at that and we went like, oh, I guess that's all I'll ever be. I mean, some dads have. And they checked out. And some, some wives have helped them check out. Another study focused on Sunday school found similar results on the impact of fathers. When both parents attend Bible study in addition to Sunday service, 72% of their children attend Sunday school when growing. When only the father attends Sunday school, 55% of the children will attend when growing. When only the mother attends Sunday school, 15% of the children will tend when grown. When neither parent attends Sunday school, only 6% of the children will attend when grown. Another survey found that if a child is the first person in the household to become a Christian, there's a 3.5% probability everyone else in the household will follow. If the mother is the first to become a Christian, there's a 17% probability everyone in the household will follow. However, when the father is first, there's a 93% probability everyone, everyone else in the household will follow and receive Christ. Amen. The impact is the fact that a father's impact on his, on his family is huge. It is huge. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says, And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. There's a reason for that. 
Because dads have an impact. You have an impact. You have an impact. Um, bear with me. So, our daughter passed away last uh, Sunday. It went on to heaven. And uh, a friend sent me this text. He says, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. The only thing I can say is thank you for leaving a heritage of faith in Christ in your children. Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The great riches um, gets foggy. The great riches that you shared with your daughter, she was able to keep and pass on to her own children. In Proverbs, it says, "A good man leaves an inheritance." to his children's children. Sometimes I read this and it's hard because I'm not sure, <laughs> you know. You have blessed your children with faith. They have faith to share. She is in the halls of praise now, waiting for you all to get there someday. You gave her the very best thing you had as a father. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you something, guys. The devil, since she passed, has been trying to tell me, you missed it, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. But my God, his spirit came. I tell you, Joy, when you sang, when you sang that song, that last song about the pressing and the crushing, I felt that. But I felt his spirit on me over there. There's new wine coming forth. And I'm telling you, men, you need to step up. We need to step up. You young men that are going to be fathers someday, you need to step up. You need to listen to your fathers. You need to study the scripture. You need to know what the Holy Ghost is saying. Hallelujah. He wants so much for your children and your children's children to be his children and to be strong and mighty. Tim talked about those arrows. I sent my daughter as an arrow and she went to countries and she ministered the gospel and people got saved and people got healed and people got delivered. Hallelujah. Your kids are arrows too. You have to direct them. You have to plan them. You have to work those things out. But you're important. Do not let yourself fall into that trap that wives can take care of the kids. Do not fall into that trap that mom can take them to Sunday school. I'll catch them the next day. These statistics, I tell you, I don't believe statistics tell, statistics tell us everything. These statistics are real. These are numbers that they have proven over time. Men, step up. Step up. If you think you're doing enough, you're not. I guarantee you. I thought I was doing enough. I didn't. But I praise God that he was there to help me. 
She did. Now, one thing I'm going to do, be a little, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. Right now, I don't know, some of you, some of you are new, some of you I haven't met yet. Some of you may not know Christ as your Lord and Savior. What I'm telling you right now, that's the first step. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to make that sure today. No questions asked. You can't have that question in your heart. You can't. You have to know because when you tell your children, they have to know. My daughter told me one day, I didn't see you reading the Bible a lot as a kid. So I didn't see you as my spiritual leader. I was reading it other places. I read it at work. I read it other places when I was home. We had our time of prayer and whatnot, but you see what that does to your heart? I didn't see you as my spiritual leader. Right now, and I'm not going with the eyes bowed and all or eyes down and all that. I'm saying to you right now, if you don't know Christ, you need to stand up. You need to man up and do it. That's all there is to it. And the other thing is, if you do know Christ and you've been falling back on this, you need to make that right too. Because the Holy Ghost is the only one that's going to help you make this through with your kids. If God forbid you ever face anything that I faced, you're not going to stand alone. You're not. It's not going to happen. You men, you men are so important. We call God the Father. He is our Father, and He has laid that. Everything He's laid down, He made Adam first for a reason. We are to, to protect our families. You're not going to protect your family if you don't have Christ in here. You're not going to protect your family if you're just so-so and you say, well, I made it, I got born again, now I'm just doing my thing. It's not going to happen. Your kids will fail. And you won't look at yourself. You say, well, God, why didn't you take care of that? He said, that's because why I put you there. We are here for our kids, for our families. So right now, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Christ, and I'll tell you what, it takes some courage to do it. If you don't know Christ, raise your hand. I mean, it will It'll take courage. But that's what faith is. It's taking a step. Because God put that faith in you. Well, I praise God for everyone here that's saved. If you feel like you've been falling back a little bit, same thing goes. Raise your hand. You know, one thing Jesus said, if you're not going to acknowledge me before, my, before men, how can I acknowledge you before my Father in heaven? Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father God, for receiving me. Thank you, God, for empowering me with your spirit. Father, I just ask you to forgive me. Oh, for not stepping out like I should. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Father, for your love and your peace and your forgiveness. Oh, we praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I just receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.